0: Today we're talking about things you might have played with, but your parents definitely did. I'm Duff. I'm Carrie. And this is Fad-Tabulous. Welcome to Fad-Tabulous, a show where we review trends, fads, and crazes and give our verdicts. Hello, Carrie. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? Good.
0: So Amy couldn't make it today, and we'll talk more about that a little bit later on in the show. But what do you say we get right down into it with our first craze within a trend? Go for it. All right. We are talking about the yo-yo. A yo-yo can be any device containing two disks connected by an axle. Carrie,
1: what is the whole idea behind the yo-yo? Well, the string gets wound around said axle. Okay. And and then in comes the fun part. You wrap or tie the string around your finger and throw the yo-yo, hopefully not hitting anyone unless that is your intended choice, and you have fun.
0: Okay. I was going to say it's more fun if you actually aim and hit the person but i guess that's not uh the general consensus
1: (laughs) no i don't i I think you kind of lose some cool points when you do that (laughs) well i didn't i wouldn't hit you i would appreciate it
0: all right the earliest sighting of a yo-yo was in the form of a vase painting uh dating back to 500 bc in greece
1: vase vase tomato tomato yeah
0: yeah let's call the (laughs) whole thing off
1: (laughs) Uh, In 1928, Pedro Flores, a Filipino immigrant, first opened the Yo-Yo Manufacturing Company in Santa Barbara, California.
0: Ah, Yo-Yo. At their peak, Pedro's company put out over 300,000 units per day.
1: That is a lot of Yo-Yos, yo.
0: That is crazy.
1: Uh, An entrepreneur named Donald Duncan purchased the company, all assets, and the Flores name in 1929.
0: Wait, so you're telling me the guy lost his namesake?
1: Apparently. I don't know what they (laughs) called him after that. Hey, you.
0: (laughs) Hey, you, you. (laughs) (laughs) The Filipino-style yo-yo can easily be deciphered from other inferior models by its looped slipstring design, which allows the yo-yo to spin freely. More primitive models, however, uh, had their strings tied to the axle, which uh, didn't allow it to sleep.
1: Yeah, I always hated that.
0: So did I. I'd always take my cheap yo-yos, and I had many of them, and I would totally take them apart and then redo the string so it would just uh, basically sleep.
1: Right. The name yo-yo was first registered in 1932 as a trademark by Sam Dubliner? Uh, yeah, we'll I go wanted, with that. I wanted to say Dubliner, but that's a cheese. <laughs> In Vancouver, Canada, not Duncan Toys.
0: See, I would have thought it would be Duncan, because I always had Duncan yo-yos as a kid. Yeah. And as of 2014, Flambeau Plastics, the company that makes the plastic line of Duncan's, has continued to run the company up until, I guess, today.
1: Mm, that 's a lot of yo yo that
0: is an insane amount of yo yos now i, I want to tell a little story back in the uh the, the days of old uh, I was a fan of yo yo's my favorite yo yo was the Duncan butterfly and it was a plastic model i never had anything that was more than just plastic but that the
1: light up one
0: no it wasn't the light up one I had the
1: light up one. nice nice
0: but it had a concave design on both of the discs on either end so your middle finger which is what you would uh, attach said string to would fit perfectly in between the uh the discs and it was just such a great time. I learned uh, how to walk the dog, uh, you know, sleepers, smackers. I-, I did them all.
1: Yeah, the only thing I could do was uh, walking the dog. But that was only if the gods looked down and smiled upon me that day. <laughs> typically, I had a hell of a time with a yo-yo. The string would get all twisted to where you'd have to stop. And you'd have to let it let, sit, sit there. Let it sit there and yeah. spin. It was just like, you know, I'm kind of over this now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was not a fan of having to sit there and let it untangle because you kind of wanted it to tangle a certain amount. Otherwise, it wouldn't pop back up. Exactly. And, and that was frustrating in and of itself. Uh, I ended up putting down the the yo-yo for good and moved to slightly more intellectual and more fun toys.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: well, you know there was the the well there was the Rubik's cube, there was jigsaw puzzles, there was science centers, uh, there was electronics kits, and uh, you know and, and speaking of electronics kits, that's when I really started getting into electronics around the age of seven, and I haven't really looked back. But the ages of like four to six were all about the yo yo.
1: Yep, you're a geek. Yeah, well, yeah.
0: There was the yo-yo, and then there was the slip and slide. But the slip and slide left gashes and welts on your gut. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't no fun during the winter. So. Exactly. <laughs> we said earlier that this is a craze within a trend. There's no discussing it. it. We both agree that's what it is. The craze part of it went on quite a while.
1: Yeah. it, it When you can go out and buy yo-yos that were a couple hundred bucks and this is back in the 70s and 80s that that's a craze you know that's something that it it seemed like there for a while everybody that was a kid anyway had to have a yo-yo it had to have this it had to be able to do that you know I thought I was the cat's meow when I had one that lit up when it hit the bottom <laughs> of the string. Yeah. When you would start to bring it back up. I, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. The only problem with that
0: model is, because I've used that model, too. I can't remember what it was called, but Duncan did put it out. Uh, the, the, the only problem with that is it had a single AA battery
1: in it. And it kind of made it off. Exactly. Correctly.
0: Exactly. They even had competition models that had ball bearings in mm-hmm. the axle. And those were the ones that would just, well, here it is, 2017, and the biggest craze is fidget spinners. Right. Well, the fidget spinner has a ball bearing in it. That's what makes it so fidgety. And so spinnery. And so spinnery. So they spin in. They spin it. <laughs> All right. I am going to go out and say this is fad simply because, well, I owned one. Uh, more than one, but it is something that did end up being uh, turned into an extreme sport so yeah I'd have to say fat Tabulous. what say you carrie I'd agree all right
1: a football hacky sack, frisbee in the back a
0: let's move on to the frisbee
1: aka the flying disc Fred Morrison discovered the potential for the Frisbee when he was offered 25 cents to purchase a cake pan that him and his future wife, Lucille, were tossing around on the beach. The Morrisons almost immediately started selling their Ways in 1939. Ways. I'm so glad they didn't keep that name.
0: Uh, yeah, me, you and me both.
1: After World War II, Fred and his new business partner, Started manufacturing their newly redesigned flying saucers in 1948. I guess they were trying to make a buck over on all the people that were talking about, oh, look at the flying saucers and sci fi was so in. Oh, yeah. Then.
0: Well, sci-fi is one of those trends that came in and just never left, but that's a different show. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, they really liked that whole space age thing Mm. because uh, Morrison left his business partner uh, and and went out on his own in 1954 and released his newly, yet again, redesigned model, the Pluto Platter in 1955.
1: Wow, that's a tongue twister. The
0: Pluto Platter.
1: Hey, let's go th- throw the platter around a little while. Uh, Morrison sold his design to the Whammo Corporation in 1957 and was awarded with his patent in 1958.
0: Speaking of Whammo, Whammo decided to rename the flying saucers to frisbees after co-founder Richard Nair heard a bunch of northeastern college students calling it by that name.
1: Stealer, Stealer, Stealer. Hey ultimate frisbee was invented by some new jersey teenagers and is still played enthusiastically today
0: ah uh, the more familiar look of the frisbee the the one you and i probably know best mm-hmm. was actually designed by whammo general manager steady ed hedrick his ashes are uh on display alongside uh, a memorial frisbee at ripley's believe it or not in london
1: is it only at the Ripleys, believe it or not, because you can't believe why anybody would need to put his ashes on display.
0: I don't know. Believe it. Or not. Here's a fun fact about Mr. Fred Morrison. He was a prisoner of war in WW2 uh, when his uh, plane got shot down. Wow. Yeah. And uh, that's when he came up with the idea for the Pluto platter while he was a prisoner of war.
1: Well, I guess something good came out of it.
0: Well, if you could call any of that good, I guess it would have to be the the Pluto platter.
1: You have to wonder, though, how much money Whammo would have paid back then for something like that, because they would have had to have made tons of money from the mid to late fifties till n- now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't even say frisbee without it being linked to that object.
0: Oh no, of course. And to think that the reason it was called Frisbee by the college students was because of the Frisbee Pie Corporation. They had pie tins.
1: Uh, so
0: really taking it back to the origin story here, what are they, a Marvel movie?
1: <laughs> Days of Pie Pac. <laughs> so I've played
0: a Frisbee. Uh and, and You've
1: I, played a Frisbee? Was it on TV or in the movies? <laughs>
0: It was actually an off-Broadway role. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, community theater, actually.
1: <laughs> All
0: right. What I meant to say here, smart guy, was uh, that I have played with a Frisbee. So I'm not going to say that I was a fan of it. I, I have nothing against it. I will say that it's fad uh simply because, again, Ultimate Frisbee. Anytime a sport was made out of a toy, it has to have been pretty cool. Uh.
1: My run-ins with frisbees were never good. Uh,
0: Well, didn't you get smacked in the forehead one time? (laughs)
1: No, no, no. (laughs) Uh, Oh, wait, that was me. (laughs) Now (laughs) I remember why I don't like frisbees. (laughs) No, It comes with being an only child, never had anyone to play frisbee with. It's no fun to throw it and then have to go run after it just to pick it up and throw it again. It's kind
0: of why I never really played baseball.
1: And, you know, yes, you can throw it up a certain way and it'll kind of boomerang back to you. But chances are it, the wind's going to catch it and you're still going to have to trot after it. That and being ambidextrous, I could never throw the damn thing straight. It would go <laughs> everywhere. It's uh, kind of like me in bowling. The ball just goes wherever it wants. That's uh, the way the first was. So... I was always envious of people that could throw it straight and level and fast, but I'll I'll have to give it a almost fad-tabulous just because I couldn't do it.
0: All right. Well, we'll end on that note. We're going to go to a break. When we get back, we are going to be talking about hacking. Well, no, the, the other kind. Oh, I say, I say, I say, boy, I say, boy, every time I got to go get new boxing gloves for that daggone chicken hawk, I go to com slash Amazon, and I get him the bestest boxing gloves that Amazon can buy. (laughs) Look at that. He's hitting that dog. That is the dumbest dog I've ever seen. Hey, it's Clint Daly, host of the Daily Dose Sports Podcast. You know, we release a new podcast every single Wednesday, and we bring you our own unique outlook on the world of sports. You know, we try to give you some actual insight and maybe a common sense approach to sports. Whether it's breaking news, some of the biggest games, or even some sports history, check out the Daily Dose Sports Podcast now on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. The Daily Dose, your daily dose of sports and sarcasm. Next up on the list, the hula hoop. hoop. This one is a craze within a trend. Uh, This seems to be a pattern here. The last two we've done are crazes within a trend.
1: Hey, if it's a good thing, why not?
0: I agree. Now, the hula hoop was once used in Native American hoop dancing ceremonies, albeit not by the name hula hoop. I don't know that they had a name for it. I don't know. Uh, anyway, a traditional hula hoop is a toy hoop that is twirled around the waist, limbs, or neck. The modern hula hoop was invented in 1958 by Arthur K. Spud Mellon and Richard Nair.
1: Yes, the same Richard Nair.
0: Yes, from Wembo. Originally made from materials like willow, rattan, grapevines, and stiff grasses, almost all modern-day models are now made of just plastic tubing.
1: I hate hula hoops, but... <laughs> now, why, why do you have to get so much on the hating with the hulas? <laughs> hula hoops when you're a chubby child.
0: I can relate. Go it, on.
1: It's It's hard to get a hula hoop that will actually hula your hoop
0: <laughs> i feel your pain on that one i really do carrie uh, for me my alternative was getting the hula hoop to th- toss out yeah all the way down yep. the gym and then have it fling back at you
1: yes i enjoyed that as well
0: like that's all. that's the extent of all i did with the hula hoop <laughs> Now, I am the minority. Again, you know, overweight child, uh, overweight adult, but <laughs> I digress. The uh, Waymo Corporation sold over 100 million units in less than four months after the release of the toy.
1: That's just mind-boggling.
0: Yes, it is.
1: The hula hoop was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame in 1999.
0: I was fresh
1: out of high school. I had been out for 10 years. Ugh.
0: You make me sad. (laughs) (laughs) The record for most hula hoops twirled at the same time is 160?
1: That's talent right there. 100?
0: Wow. By Marawa the Amazing.
1: I'd say. Wow. On February 19th, 2013, 4,483 people swung hula hoops to dance music for seven minutes. Okay.
0: Yeah, that doesn't, like, okay. Now, granted, they do this without stopping, no interruptions, but seven minutes isn't that much of a feat.
1: And they swung them, swung them from what? I can do it from my arm for seven minutes. Yeah, yeah,
0: so could I. As of 2010, the largest hoop successfully twirled was 5.0 meters, which is uh, 16.5 feet in diameter.
1: See, that's the size I would have needed as a child.
0: (laughs) You weren't that fat. (laughs) You could have jump roped with that bad boy.
1: Yeah, well, I could jump rope with a regular one, too, if you went slow enough. It wasn't that hard. Yeah. Although I did like my hula hoop that had the, uh, I don't know what was inside of it, but there was something in it that made noise when the hula hoop went around. Yes, which was fun when you were doing the whole flick and make it come back trick because it helped add some momentum to it.
0: I really don't know what is inside of a hula hoop. Now, usually they are just hollow, but I know what you're talking about. I've I've played with the ones or used the ones uh, that had something in them, like fluid almost.
1: Well, it to me it was almost like it wasn't like a ball bearing. But it, it it slid around on the inside. I have no idea what it was, but it it certainly helped.
0: Yeah. Did it help it become fad-tabulous, though?
1: Again, I'll have to give it an almost All All right. I had issues. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, we had we both had issues. Uh, do I? <sighs> I don't know. I'm going to say almost fad tabulous, too, because you know what? No extreme sport. True. (laughs) Very true.
1: Well, it looks like we're down to something I never even tried, and that would be the hacky sack.
0: Oh, I tried it all right. I was a fan of this fad.
1: A hacky sack or foot bag is a small round bag filled with sand or plastic pellets, which is kicked into the air as part of a competitive game or as a display of dexterity. The current Western incarnation of the sport was invented in 1972 God that's almost as old as I am by Mike Marshall and John Stahlberger of Oregon City, Oregon. Ah.
0: Now, something you don't know about Stahlberger is that he sold the product to wham in 1983 after Marshall died of a blood clot in 1975.
1: That wham has got their fingers in everything back, they, back then. If it was a novelty-type toy, anything seems like plastic or real easy, cheap to make, they bought it, made millions of them, and made millions off of them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would love to get some of that wham money.
1: This toy also comes with various fillings, like the dirt bag and sand sack.
0: Now, I don't know that I would want to play hacky sack with a dirt bag or sand sack, because the stuff would be flying everywhere, you'd think, (laughs) especially if it was crochet, like the usual ones are.
1: Well, that, and you would think with dirt or sand, it would be heavier, too, and not as easily manipulated
0: well that was why they used dirt and sand for these models they used it so it wouldn't stall as easily a fall off the foot or anything like that uh it it did add some extra leverage but you're right you weren't able to kick it as far and you didn't have as much control over it from what i've been told i i never used a sand sack or a dirt bag you should say something like what'd you call me No. Oh, come on. That would be funny.
1: No.
0: That would be hilarious. It wouldn't. That would be hilarious. Would not. All right. Move on. Did you know that competitive sackers, note the competitive here, spoiler alert, even have their favorite type of shoe for the game? Usually it's the Adidas Rods laver tennis shoe.
1: Seriously, you have to have a special shoe to kick a little ball of pebbles or whatever?
0: Hey, I guess whatever floats your boat.
1: Apparently, (laughs) the hacky sack has been seen in many forms of pop culture, including the movie To Catch a Thief. The music video for Weezer's Say It Ain't So, and the 1987 video game California Games. And I've seen that, never played that either. And to me, that is like the dumbest sport. And I use that, (laughs) that word gingerly tentatively to be put into a video game
0: well they called it footbag does that make it any better
1: no because that's <laughs> what this is it's only called hacky sack because it's kind of like frisbee yeah. people kind of just
0: it's a beach sport
1: it's a stoner sport
0: that i will agree with
1: i never tried hacky sack and i guess it's because i wasn't a stoner yeah Every time I'd ever see anybody kicking one of these stupid little bags around, it was some guy with dreads, flannel, smelling a pot. <laughs> and, and patchouli. And, and, yes, and patchouli. And it seemed like they wanted to do something, but they were so stoned, all they could do is kind of, like, shuffle their feet around. It. I, I just, I never got why anybody would want to do this.
0: Eh, for me it was more of a high school thing during lunch break we would go outside and we would just kick the hacky sack around and it, i got pretty good at it actually uh and i guess it, it helps that i was wearing adidas rod lever tennis shoes
1: Oh, you were not no no
0: i was wearing like sketchers or, or something like that i'm sure at the time and here's a fun fact ted martin Broke the record for longest sackathon with eighty nine thousand eight hundred and twelve consecutive kicks, and it took him almost eight hours of straight up playing footsie to reach that amazing feat.
1: Hardy har har har!
0: See what I did there?
1: Yeah, who, who couldn't? <laughs> I smelt that one a mile away. <laughs> but I want to know who had the the horrible job of counting how many times he kicked. A hacky sack.
0: Oh, I uh, oh for eight hours, <laughs> just pushing a button every time he kicked. Oh. Like that would be almost as boring as uh kicking a sack eighty nine thousand eight hundred and twelve <laughs> times.
1: Exactly. Like,
0: how do you not like? Aren't you going to get urine on the sack after a while? Because it's going to be running down your leg. It's got to.
1: I don't know. Maybe that's why. Maybe he used like a sand sack and it absorbed
0: it. <laughs> a litter sack.
1: There you go.
0: <laughs> New from Whammo. <laughs> it's the litter sack
1: for your eight-hour sackathon. Uh, uh uh
0: uh. Well, hey, extreme sports. You know my answer. I I definitely think that this fad was indeed fad-tabulous.
1: I'd have to say it's not even close. All right. Well, all
0: right. So we don't agree on everything. Almost everything. I guess, uh, what's that meatloaf song? Three out of four ain't bad? There you go. <laughs> All right. We have got some mail time. Mail time. Mail, time. mail time. Mail time. Roy Diatolo from Satellite Beach, Florida. W- where is Satellite Beach? I've... I've I've heard of so many beaches in in Florida, but not Satellite Beach. Anyway, he wrote in to fadtabulous at rogueintel.com and he said, Hey guys, love the show. Been listening since episode two. I have gone back since then and listened to the whole series. What happened last week? Which was May 9th, 2017. Uh, Please tell me the show isn't going anywhere but forward. Well, thank you, Roy, for writing in. No, we are not going anywhere but forward. That is correct.
1: You have some explaining to do.
0: All right. So I do have some explaining to do. Amy is a mother to many. I I say many because I I can't remember. I think three kids. Uh, And she is also an executive at Blog Talk Radio. She's extremely busy. So she came to me and said that she wasn't going to be able to do the show for a couple of months And so Carrie has graciously decided to fill
1: in. I'm just doing this to fill my swear jar up (laughs) because this is a hard, hard, hard road to roll.
0: (laughs) Yes, Carrie is so used to being uncensored. As a matter of fact, Carrie is my co-host along with Michael Jenkins over at another podcast on the Rogue Intel Network called Prime. I will warn you, though, if you don't like cursing... And foul, naughty, naughty bits. You might not want to click on that show then. But if you are into adult humor, go for it. I think you'll enjoy it.
1: And be prepared. I do have a very, very dirty, naughty vocabulary most of the time.
0: Yes. Most women in podcasts are considered the hole, which is an actual industry term. Uh, But she is actually the anti-hole. I'm more (laughs) a hole than anyone else on the show. I'm always the guy. Hey, you can't say that.
1: Watch me. (laughs) Well, speaking of Prime, because you know, got to do a little shameless self-promotion because, you know, I am the talent on that show. (laughs) Uh, Yes, you are. We actually just hit the 200 mark. No kidding. Meaning 200 episodes. Don't act surprised. You're there, too. (laughs) Uh, You can download that by going to theprimepod.com and, again, be... Be forewarned. Be, be afraid.
0: <laughs> be very afraid. In other sectors of the network known as Rogue Intel, our show Table Reads, which is a show that does table reads of uh, scripts that never made it to the, uh, to the film studio, uh, they are uh, just about ready to finish their third installment of The Crow franchise. So if you're a fan of Brandon Lee's The Crow... You might not want to listen to it, but I promise you though, they do make it entertaining. It's a horrible movie script, it really is. It's well, so bad.
1: I would assume so if it never made it to film, unless they were dead set on it being Brandon Lee and yeah, you know, well.
0: Well, they'd have to get a corpse to play all the action scenes. Exactly. And that ain't gonna happen. All right, well, it's the end of the show, and like always, we're gonna do some trivia. Carrie has prepared a question for me. Carrie, take it away.
1: Going back to one of the uh, items we covered here, what does the word yo-yo mean? A. Up and down. B. Come, come. If this was prime. We'd have so much fun with that one. <laughs> C. Toy on a string d throw throw
0: well because yo is the same as yo i'm going to guess that it's either b or d um
1: i'm going to say b come come correct oh nice it is tagalog the philippine native language the name yo-yo has been used in the philippines for hundreds of years to describe the toy
0: interesting well what do i win
1: uh, I'll shake your hand later.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, Carrie, you like movies like Hairspray and Grease? Sure do. We will be talking about some of the fads witnessed in those movies on our next show. Well, that's all for this episode. You guys have a fad day. You've been listening to fad a proud member of the RoganTel podcast family. Head over to FadTabulous.com to subscribe and interact. And head over to rogueintel.com slash Amazon to support our network every time you shop. That tabby, this was created by Amy Domestico in cooperation with Rogue Intel. This podcast was recorded in front of a live canine audience.